How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Radio 610 presents Seth Payne and Sean Pendergast. We come to eighth time. Let's get the work in, man. Let's go. Great day. Great day. Oh, give me some juice, baby. Hey, what's happening, everybody? Happy Wednesday to all of you. Nice to be with you. One day closer to playoffs. Playoffs 2023 that technically take place in 2024. That's how the NFL denotes it. This is still the 2023 season. I have. Uh, I will vote for any candidate who runs on a platform of just changing the, changing the U.S. calendar to start the day after the Super Bowl. I like that. I like that yeah. a lot. Yeah. So like the year we can still have January be January, but it, this would still be like January of 2023. <laughs> I like where your head start. <laughs> yeah. So like the first time we ever did it. There would be two Januaries in a calendar year, yeah, and two Februarys. But then eventually we would go on. Sure, to like after after February seventh, all of a sudden that would be the new January first. Right. Okay. A little broken glass. I like where you're at, though. Yeah, because we need to center everything in the world around the NFL, around football. I don't know if you it's noticed. Obvious. The 56 highest rated non-sport or 56 highest rated sporting events were NFL games on TV last year. So there. that is the one thing I wonder. Like like all the other. The, the one big one one big thing we put over on the rest of the world as like from the western hemisphere um oh. was like no our calendar oh yeah our calendar like you know like everybody in like asia and africa and india was like wait what's this now like uh okay listen we put up with a lot of crap from you guys with your ships and your disease and whatnot but like now we got to change our whole calendar yeah yeah, that was, that was what would push me over the edge. We're, that is what would push you over the edge. <laughs> if I were if I were some kind of Shah or some, I don't know. I, if I were some uh, if I were some Mongolian yeah. Uh, king, yeah, that would really piss me off. They That's are calendar bullies. The they are calendar bullies. <laughs> I gotta go from the year yep. like four hundred thousand, whatever. To, yeah, all right. Yeah. Good to good to be with you guys on a Wednesday, man. We got a lot to get into. Okay, so we've got this game coming up on Saturday, the Browns and the Texans. Um, we're going to get to D'Amico here in just a second. Seth, I poked my ears in on Cleveland radio for about 10 or 15 minutes this morning uh, as I was getting ready to leave my building and in the car. And here is the, the, the general tone up in Cleveland. There is, con- there is concern. Oh, yeah. With our, there is concern with our counterparts on 92.3 The Fan that there's not enough juice within the fan base, that the fan base is taking the Texans a little too lightly oh, this oh, Saturday. Oh, yeah, they got a little cocky. Yeah. I told you. Yep. I told you. I, and Stefanski's going to be worried about with his own players. Yep. That, like, man, 
They really put it on the Texans, and they might think that this is just no big deal. And remember, too, I mean, we kind of focus on the Texans' injuries from the time. The Browns were all banged up on their interior offensive line. Yeah. Even the guys that were playing were banged up and injured. So the I think a lot of Browns fans feel like, well, we were in at full force last time. Yep. Just wait until I get a taste of full-strength Ethan Pochich. Yeah. Right, right, right. Ignoring that we our, were missing our Betonio was hobbled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. now we got full. You're gonna get full Betonio. Yeah. So they, um, so up there, they're a little concerned about the the lack of juice. Now, my hope is that that lack of juice that they're feeling translates into Cleveland fans not wanting to spend money to come here because that could be a problem. On I Saturday. told you, I told you, I ended up flying out of Cleveland the day before that that Browns game on Christmas Eve. Yeah. And I was kind of shocked at how few Browns jerseys and fans there were on that flight. And, like, I don't know. The previous Browns I knew, they would have forsaken their families at Christmas time to go watch their Browns versus one of the, versus a playoff contender. Yeah. But not, not this, not this version of the Browns fan base. Apparently they just don't, they just don't want it like they used to. Well, they, I'm, I'm, I've been hearing that they, they can track where the tickets are being bought from on the secondary yeah. market. There will be more Browns fans this time around. It ain't Christmas anymore. Um, they, Are we sure it's not just Texans fans who live in Ohio? They, well, <laughs> no, we're not, to answer okay, your question. All right, that's what, yeah, thanks, <laughs> yeah. thanks a lot. I, sorry, Sean, I just trust the science, okay? <laughs> I got Jeez. you. I got, you're right. Cretan. You're right. It only says where they are. There's no checkbox for who yeah. they're rooting for. Good point, Seth. Um, so, so there's that. So I, I, and I, you know, I feel like people are pretty excited here. Um, so yeah, just know Texan fans, just know disrespect. There's disrespect. Is it a lack of excitement or a lack of uh, concern about the Texans more? Like they're excited about being in the playoffs, but they feel like they're just going to roll over the Texans. Yeah, right, right. I think they're excited about being in the playoffs. There's just a, you know how it is. There's just a general lack of like, Hey man, we're in the playoffs and we're the Browns. This doesn't happen very often. Where, where the juice at, you know, kind of, yeah. yeah, So, so there, so there's that. I think it might have just I think honestly in a lot of ways Sean it probably crept up on the Browns fan base almost the way it did with the Phillies then you know cuz I remember talking to Phillies fans cuz it was on the same night well I was talking to the Eagles fans when the Eagles were playing the Texans it was on the same night as what game 6 of the game no five. which game game, game five. 5 of the game World five. Series yep. and um yeah I got I just kind of got a sense that it, it crept up on them so quickly that they almost hadn't really processed it and I think with Browns fans who had probably girded themselves for like oh great we're got our fourth quarterback now. Yeah. We're going with Flacco. This is all going to collapse at some point. Well, and it and it's been a weird journey for them because yes, they probably felt that when they had to go to Flacco, and yet and then Flacco shows up and he's been the best quarterback they've had for the last however many years, yeah. and they clinch a playoff spot with two weeks to go in the season. So they like I think part of it may be that they didn't have to do anything in week eighteen. They started Jeff Driscoll in week eighteen. You know, like it's just Flacco's making. Bernie Kosar look like current Bernie Kosar. Yeah, man. That's, uh, they're just these. Uh, the Flacco's just been phenomenal. He's been except great. except for all these interceptions. He's been great. Um, all right, except so for the interceptions. The, the second, right? Except for the interceptions. Um, so the now the new piece of concern, at least for me and Seth, is D'Amico Ryan's voice. Here yeah, is what the hell is he, this? Here is D'Amico Ryan's yesterday. Talking about the difference between playoff football and regular season football. It's not different. <laughs> it's not. Everybody wants to make it different. It's not different. Like, it's just a matter of, like I told our team today, we've been getting better. 
throughout the year. Each and every week we've gotten better. We just have to stay on that track. Keep getting better. Keep playing sound. Keep playing relentless. Play clean football if we do that. And that's all that matters, right? We focus on playing good good football. It doesn't matter that it's the playoffs. The game doesn't change. It's still football. We got to go execute. We got to go play fast. I'm not even joking. I'm more concerned about this than I am Miles Garrett. If he had left out the part about football, I thought he would have been talking about his convalescence or something. <laughs> they, they, yeah, we're getting better. Just, I've got great nurses. I've got great nurses and a great staff let them, working the on me. doctors want to tell you it's the cigarettes. They're, it's not. They're doing wonders with NyQuil these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, he sounded – I went back and I listened on Monday when – we heard some coughing in the press conference. and There's I a mystery coffer. I expressed alarm about the coughing in the press conference, uh, but and I was, I was kind of joking. I yeah, you were like 30% joking, 70% serious. That was the Then I come I in got. and I listen. To, yeah, I listened to the clips last yeah, night. I'm like, oh, oh, God. Just, I just, you need to, everybody pre- practice precaution. Just, D'Amico, maybe coach via Zoom this week. Coach? I don't know. Yeah. Coach, coach, uh, coach, do the meetings via Zoom. And coach from like they, you know, sometimes they can have a tower out there where the coach can go yeah. up and do the bird's eye. This would be a good week to do the bird's eye view from the tower with a megaphone. I think, uh, yeah, that would be <laughs> yes, yes. Swarm, 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 those, uh, or just from the hydraulic lifts or something. Fellas, yeah. fellas, you need to swarm, swarm. Okay, thanks, D'Amico. I'm not honestly. I think D'Amico will be just fine yeah. if uh, you know if he has to coach with a little bit of sickness uh i do worry that there's a bug going through the building or something I, I, you know, I, this is what i say uh i don't know if our listeners remember that three-week period a month ago where it sounded like i was about ready to die i felt great the entire time that was the thing i felt incredible it was the most frustrating thing ever i felt like i could have gone out and run a marathon i just had no voice because uh, the the post nasal drip that, so the, the, the gravelly seth voice feels like a fever dream to me like, like remembering back, I'm like, wow, that really happened. You like, you were, you were. It sounded like you were dying for a couple was, of weeks there. It just wouldn't stop. Yeah, yeah. And everybody kept saying, like, hey, Seth, you got to take a couple days off. I'm like, yeah. If you'd have told me that three weeks ago, yeah, I would have been out of here for like three weeks. Right. Yeah. You don't want to you deprive I, the world you know of your takes was? either. You, you had good takes those three weeks too. You really brought. Well, it's because it. all I did, I after the show, I would just uh, lay on my couch. Like, like face down, hoping that all the evil would drain out of me. Thinking of I, things, yeah. Yeah, I brought over. I had somebody apply leeches. Right. Uh, right. Uh, I got anything I could see. Anything I saw on the internet, I was like, yep, looks good to me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> In a study of 10 people I made up, this worked 100% of right, the time. Right, right. Have a porcupine walking up and down my back. This will work. Sounds good. Yeah, so, honestly... The Texans have enough issues with injuries right now, particularly on the defensive yeah. line, that I, I would be concerned if there was some kind of illness running through the building. I would too. I'm 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 slightly concerned about we, this. We'll have to now. Uh, CJ sounded fine. Yes. We'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to pour over some of the like uh, some of the clips from the locker room and see if we noticed anything. Well, whoever's coughing, stay the hell away from them, please. Stay away yeah, from the players. Yeah, just put on a mask and sit up in the corner or something. Right, right, you know? right, right. No, because someone will generate the content. By the way, the line on this game is up to Browns minus three. More disrespect. More minus dis- three? Minus three. The Browns are a field goal favorite in this game. Okay. They were, a, they, were like a, they were a three-point favorite with Case Keenum playing a few weeks ago. <sighs> they were a three-point favorite with Case Keenum playing. What happened since then? Case Keenum and Davis Mills played in that game. Yeah. Then the Texans came back. And won a couple games. Yeah. 
Um, I think maybe people saw a look at the offense with CJ, but without Tank Dell, and think, okay, well, this is fine enough, but it's not as explosive as it once was. Yeah, I, I think this is all about the Browns destroyed them in week 16, and it's a pretty recent memory still. You know what I yeah. mean? Didn't happen in week three, it happened three weeks ago. At least one of those issues from a couple weeks ago is still an issue, which is that Jimmy Ward went out in the fourth play of the game, and Jimmy Ward remains out. I think it's different, though, when you can prepare for it for a week as opposed to when you're preparing for it on the fly. Steven Nelson was in and out of the game with injuries, so if he can stay healthy, that's fine. I mean, it, it, the biggest issue by far and the thing that could swing the pendulum the most is that two of your best players, Will Anderson and John Grenard, both have ankle issues and at this point are, you know, Will's going to play, but he only played 30 snaps in last week's game. Wasn't as productive as he had been the week before where he only played 12 snaps. John Grenard, we don't know if he's going to play. And where that really hurts you is that's the area of opportunity versus yeah. the Browns. Bingo. The Texans defensive ends versus the Browns offensive tackles are the one spot where you've got a decided advantage. And if those guys can't go, that's a big hit. So... Um, like usually, usually you wouldn't say like one position player makes that big of a difference. I think having just one of those guys like healthy and productive or relatively healthy and productive goes a long, long way in this game. Yep. All right. Uh, Payne and Pendergast with you. We got a lot to get to. We're going to revisit, uh, the big thing Nick Casario said yesterday on the show that got a whole lot of people, not just in Houston, but up in New England talking. And also Seth is 1000% confident that a Texan soon to be free agent is going to be back next year. Based on something C.J. Stroud said yesterday. That's a good tease. Well, thank you. I I'm going to stick around <laughs> Yes, yeah, stick. I need you to. <laughs> All right, we're going to do that next. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. <laughs> Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you on a Wednesday. Good to be with you. Uh, Ocho is saying Browns minus three is easy money. Vegas is being generous, but I'll take that bet. Oh, Ocho, come on now. Ocho's Ocho betting against the Texans? Ocho, he just said Browns minus three. That's what I'm assuming he means, that he's betting the Browns. Ocho, he thought, disrespect. Well, he said... He thought it should be minus 10 is what he oh, said. Oh, did, did he? In the previous text. Oh, I didn't yeah. see that. Yep, you're right. I didn't see the previous yeah. text. There you go. How is the line not Browns minus 10? Because uh, C.J. Stroud is back. I'm not sure if you've heard, Ocho. Not sure if you've seen the Newswire. He's back. Um, yeah, and that is, I know, and the common response to that is, well, C.J. doesn't play defense. No, but theoretically he does keep the offense on the field yeah. and offset some of the some of the incompetence that goes on. So the, the defense, there are reasons to believe that the defense should be better than than they were. Um, but even if you don't believe that, just by virtue of 
having CJ out there and soaking up time and scoring and offsetting some of the the damage that Joe Flacco can do, then you should have a closer game. They can't be worse than they were against the pass, and they were they were good against the run. I'm I it's this is I mean. It, it's not a bold prediction. This is going to be a much closer game this time around. I'm pretty confident in that. The matchup, though, is the matchup is one in which the Browns are excelling with Joe Flacco at explosive plays. The Texans are one of the worst teams in the league at giving up explosive plays in the passing game, and like that's a bad matchup for the Texans. That's the thing that, in in some respects, you. You have to give up a couple things. Like you might give up some of your dominance in the run game yeah. uh, just to stay back and be sure you limit the explosive passing games. And you just you have to create turnovers. Um, you know, at some point, Joe Flacco has thrown eight interceptions in five games. I'd say some of them, like the two he had versus the Texans, weren't actually bad interceptions per se. But he has had some of his classic Joe Flacco interceptions where he tries too hard to thread the needle, you know. And if you can, if you can muddy up the, if you can muddy up his vision a little bit, and if, and, and again, this is key. Everything I'll say about defense, it starts with, man, Grenard and Anderson, uh, shoot whatever body parts up. You have to shoot up. Uh, experiment whatever you got to experiment to get out there, and um, and uh, that th- they are vital, vital players this this week. You got to have at least one out there, and I think Will will definitely be out there. It's just a question of what version of him that they get. Um, so Seth, you are one hundred percent confident that one of the Texans soon to be free agents is coming back based on something C.J. Stroud said yesterday. Based on that and a few other factors, but okay. yeah, here here is C.J. Stroud talking about. His tight end, Dalton Schultz. Yeah, Dalton is um, hes a dog, man. He's a, a great player, but he's a great person. He's one of the first people that um, I really, like, bonded with well when I got here. And he was just honest with me. Um, he was probably, like, the, the person to keep it really honest. Like, this is the expectations that you'll have, bro. And I'm like, okay. So um, I appreciate him for doing that. Um, but he's been, a, he's been a very reliable target. He's somebody who knows how to get open, knows coverage, he knows route depth, how to manipulate somebody, how to get into a certain zone at the right time. So he's just a really smart football player, and I'm um, really grateful to have him in my first year, you know, learning it with him, and he's going to continue to be a great player. When CJ talks about how Dalton Schultz was the first guy to tell him how it is, I, I wondered, okay, you know, you could go a million different directions with that, and who knows what he, what he was actually talking about. At first I thought on the X's and O's side of things, but but I wonder if part of it was just, hey, man, I was with Dak Prescott, and I see how it goes with the highs and the lows and the, the credit and the blame and everything like that, and you just got to keep your head steady. It's been – and I think a lot of that advice probably won't really factor in until these ensuing years. Mm-hmm. CJ had such a promising and such a good rookie year that I don't know if – I mean, I can't remember a time since the preseason that he really faced a lot of criticism. The, the Ravens game, I guess – um, but like he had to face it in the preseason where like where people were gushing loads of praise on the other rookie quarterbacks and and he was just you know just steadily ascending to having one of the best rookie seasons ever yeah i i don't know that i would couch it as criticism necessarily but i think there was concern that maybe yeah. the league had figured some things out after that panthers game coming mm-hmm. off of the bye week where he only he only threw for yes. 140 yeah. yards against the panthers and they you lost to them who they didn't want a game all year very um, good point. Yeah, yep. yeah, but I, but, but, I, like when I think of this, the, when I think of what Dalton Schultz is talking about and kind of what you're talking about, there's a level, of, there's like a next level of kind of vitriol that comes with the criticism. I think Dalton's talking about, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like where it's like true, oh, yeah, like crit, like it's it not, it doesn't get personal, 
but there is some there. There's like some some fan anger baked into it. You know what I mean? Well, and, uh, yeah, and I think like the standards that are set for you and the expectations. You know, Dak Prescott. Was, Dak Prescott was one of the guys that bet on himself and waited an extra year and then got paid even after hurting his ankle. Like, so aside from all that, the other part of it that CJ was talking about in terms of Dalton reading the defenses, Dalton adjusting his routes, knowing how to manipulate routes. We saw that perfect, perfectly in the Atlanta game where they tweaked that play. Dalton worked the safety perfectly and baited him with a double move and ends up getting a touchdown in a game that was ultimately a loss, but was still, that was perfect. That was just perfect. And that was something that CJ and Dalton hatched up. I, I think that, between Dalton having sat out as a sitting out on the free agency market and perhaps not getting the offer that he expected or hoped for last year, and now pairing up with a young quarterback who's still got room to improve, I think that the team, I think between what the team sees CJ doing for Dalton Schultz and with Dalton Schultz having a dose of reality about the riches that may await in free agency, because they're going to, people are going to say the same thing about Dalton Schultz this year in free agency. They'll say, well, like, well, Product of the system. Well, he was just a security blanket for CJ the same way he was for Dak, whatever it might be. Um, I, think that's, I think it's a really good, really good chance they find they come to a deal before free agency opens. The, the, yeah, I, the demand that, he's, that Dalton Schultz has created, to me, is from within the Texans. Like, if Dalton Schultz isn't back, tight end all of a sudden becomes a major concern going yeah. into the offseason. You know, like going into the draft through free agency and so forth. Right, Bre- like everything Brevin Jordan has done still doesn't make you feel great about him as an actual tight end. Being a TE1. He comes in and he's like kind of a rhythm changer yeah. or, hey, look, at you can play fullback now and then. Yeah, uh, like you still need a guy that you can trust and depend on and in both the run game, you know, and Dalton Schultz, same way he was in Dallas. Like as he's learned the scheme, he's improved as a run blocker. And and as he's learned the scheme, he's improved as a as a go to guy in the passing game. The off season documentary that they did on CJ that you and I kind of broke down a few weeks ago. It's on YouTube. It's about forty five fifty minutes long. It's worth yeah. it's worth a watch. It's it's decent. It's pretty good. Um, but with, with respect to this topic, there's actual moments in that documentary where Dalton Schultz is having those conversations with CJ when they're yeah. in like the back of the car going to whatever restaurant or or I think they're going bowling or something like that. This is when CJ had all of his receivers and tight ends out to LA to some big Airbnb to throw at UCLA for a few days and they you know they hung out socially all week too. Tank Dell's featured pretty prominently. Dalton's probably the next most prominently featured teammate after Tank, I would say in that. Yeah. So you can kind of see some of the seeds of that relationship that you're talking about in that documentary. I think too, you know what? You know what I like about CJ? CJ talked, uh, oh, he was on the McAfee show, he was talking about how, you know, creating an environment is tough with guys that are, there's a, not tough, but he said it's different in the NFL because you've got older guys who are married and all that, but it's, it's pretty cool that we know CJ does hang out with the married guys a good amount. Yeah. That does tend to be one of the divides sometimes is the married guys versus the, the married guys with kids especially versus young single guys, you know, they're, they're obviously going to have different interests. Like CJ really, really tries to get to know everybody. And between the quarterbacks room, both those guys are married. Dalton Schultz is married. The other guys on the team that he has over for dinner. Um, like, it's just, uh, I, it makes me feel good about it. It makes me feel good about D- CJ because at the very least, we know that sometimes young athletes are so consumed with uh, 
so consumed with everything the single life has to offer as a as a young single guy that Dude. it can be it can subsume some things. We yeah. we don't we know we know firsthand absolutely yeah. yeah. I bet the wives love CJ, and I don't mean in like uh-huh. an, I don't mean in like a nefarious kind of way. I'm just talking about I bet like he because he's so thoughtful. He's not creepy, you know what I mean? Like he probably has pretty good conversations with them. Like when he goes out to dinner with Davis and Case, I bet the wives, I bet Miss Mrs. Mills and Mrs. Keenum are big CJ Stroud fans. He's probably always um he's probably under barrage from a lot of matchmaking attempts. Yes. From yes. either the wives and then you know that's I, it's one of the hardest things about being a, a young church-going person, yeah. male or female, too, is um, the barrage of matchmaking efforts mm-hmm. when you go to church as a, as a young single person. Yeah. It drives some people away from the church, ironically <laughs> enough. They're like, I can't, I can't be getting hit on by grandmothers on behalf of their grandsons every time I go to try to worship the Lord. I'd ask to see what she looks like, you know what I mean? You know, like, well, you're, okay, well, let's see. Uh, yeah, oh, maybe. Man, I'm just going to... Just trying to come in and receive the word, and yeah. here I am, like having to reject people. <laughs> you know, like what am I getting? Like, can I see a picture of her first? <laughs> That's what I would. Do. I'll have you know, I'm uh, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of um, um, superficial. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got a type. Um, Nick Casario was on with us yesterday, and the the big thing to come out of that conversation was a vehement confirmation that he has no plans to go back to New England. Not just that. You could tell that Nick was very frustrated, almost angry, about some of the reports. It happened last season. It happened last week with Jason LaCamphora. Here is Nick's response to the question about the rumors. Yeah, I'm going to try to like hold my tongue here a little bit, but I would just say this time of year there's a lot of things that are said, and anybody that makes a jackass statement that they either know me or trust me, you can rely on this information – honestly, is totally off base. So respectfully, I know there's a lot of reporters out there that think they have information, but this this becomes silly season. It happens every year, whether it's during the January, February cycle when you have coaching changes, whether it's around the draft. Those that really know me know how I operate and what I'm about. And other than you know 610 Sports Radio, I'm not really a big media person, um, but I keep it to myself. I just try to show up, try to do my job, try to support the people that I'm with on a day-to-day basis and just focus on the things that I control and not worry about some offhanded statements that are made out of left field that, quite frankly, have zero validity. I've loved every second of the opportunity to work with D'Amico since he was hired, since he and I have been together, and to work with his coaching staff and to work with our players and to work with the people in our building. And I'm just going to focus on the things that I can control, which is doing the best I can for the Houston Texans organization for as long as ownership provides the opportunity for me. So, like, whoever these reporters reporters are that make these you know ridiculous statements you know maybe you want to talk to me about it first before you put some information out there that has actually zero basis i like that that last part is really good hey man why why don't you talk to the source okay well i I do wonder so ben volan uh writes for the boston globe yeah up in new england you saw what i saw (laughs) yeah so like and this is class he goes straight he goes straight fifth grade older brother tactics um, here when he says, 
he, he, he tweets out an article he wrote, which I can't see behind, because it's in a, behind paywall. a paywall. Yep. He says, Nick Casario is protesting a little too hard about rumors of him and the Patriots. That's the headline, yep. Wait, that's the old, like, why are you so defensive? Yeah. yeah. Thou <laughs> doth protest too much. Yeah, yeah. Like, that, like the know. standard response needs to ever be, well, whenever, you're, whenever somebody says something false about you, under no circumstances are you allowed to get angry under fifth grade logic because then it's just a sign that you're too defensive yeah, yeah. that's somebody I, I i will tell you as long as he's gonna read into what nick is saying without yeah. really much basis i'll read into that headline which is um how could somebody not want to come to new england they're that's the exactly patriots it. like yeah. that's somebody that's, that's somebody living in 2018 is what that is it, it really is honestly it's it's a lot like what we saw with Denver. the Broncos last Denver. year. Yep. Where there's this there's this level of delusion where they just haven't realized that they're not it anymore. Yeah. yeah. You know, like they just don't quite get it. They haven't come to terms. They're the aging beauty queen. Yes. You know that um like that damn annoying woman on Designing Women. I've told I've told you about her before. She used to drive me crazy because she was supposed to be like this former beauty queen and you're looking at her you're like that her? What? No, but she still had the attitude. Yeah, that's New England right now. They got a big beehive hairdo, and uh, and they think all the boys are after. They're out there accusing people of sexual harassment, like who hadn't even noticed them. Right, you know? right. Look, wait, that clear, clearly that waiter is infatuated with me. Why? Because he's he's trying to look like he's ignoring me. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's. I mean, that's welcome to being a run of the mill NFL team, New England. That's what you are. Yeah. Welcome to wearing thick pantyhose and horn-rimmed glasses. <laughs> there you go. You stupid old cows. There, there, you, <laughs> there you go. Ah, how's it feel to not have a quarterback? That's um the Casario cut got pretty decent run yesterday. So I wound up on Pro Football Talk. I, the video got passed around a lot of me and you like reacting to or just listening to it. I say reacting to it cuz I forgot doing this, but when he as soon as the word jackass came out of his mouth, I looked at you and I pumped my fist. <laughs> people like that. <laughs> I keep forgetting like people can see all of our reactions Forget to everything. Forget I'm on video. Yeah, yeah. I got to stop picking no, my nose no, so no. much. React, man. React. All no, right. no, no. I, yeah, the reaction is fine. It's the, it's the other things I do. Whether I'm, there's one. I don't want to say who it is. There's one, there's one former player who has a really good podcast and a YouTube channel, but like he he's got a habit of like picking his teeth like in a way that i you know he just he's doing it almost i think he i think he just forgets that he's also on youtube yeah um but he like really gets in there like with his fingers and everything and like picking oh. his teeth and stuff okay and uh he's otherwise like one of the coolest people in the world it's just strange it's a weird yeah. habit um all right Payne and pendergast with you on a wednesday john mcclain joins us in a couple of hours in the eight o'clock hour john mcclain joins us we had a, another firing yesterday in the nfl this one a little bit out of left field. We're going to get to that in headlines. you got a whole lot more. Big, big injury. Big player announced out for this weekend that we'll get to as well. Stay there. You're listening to Payne and Pendergast. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast with today's headlines. They're a great team. Uh, I'm excited for this matchup again. I think, they're, uh, yeah, they're the number one defense for a reason. You know, they do a lot of special things. Starts up front. Uh, of course, Miles Garrett is one of the best players to ever play this game, and he proves it week in and week out. And their linebackers do a great job. Six is a great linebacker. He's a great player. Um, and then on the back end, they do a good job of, of having sticky coverage and things like that. So um, this got to be on our A game, execute at a high level, and uh, I'm excited for the matchup. Yeah, this, this is a really good defense. That was C.J. Stroud yesterday talking about the Cleveland Browns. Unlike the offense for them, Seth, where there are a couple kill spots, as you pointed out earlier, like getting 
Will Anderson somewhat healthy and getting Grenard in any shape, form, or fashion would be really mm-hmm. beneficial because their their tackles are backup, backup tackles. I, it's really hard to find a spot on this defense that you can say, okay, we got to attack there. I mean, they've got really good corners. Safeties, I mean, maybe safety, I don't know, attack the middle of the field deep. But their linebackers are good. Their defensive front is excellent. It's a really good yeah. defense. It'd be a big I, challenge. They're not like they're not as good a run defense as they are a pass defense. Yeah. Uh, and that's another one where the matchup is just kind of tough because if the Texans had an awesome rushing offense, you could take yeah. advantage of that somehow, or perhaps really try to you know control the game that way. It's and and I said that before the last game, and it didn't quite work out that way. So it's um, like you just have to let's see versus the um. The Texans ran for 50 – how many yards was it? I, I know Singletary. The only one I care about is Singletary. Yeah, yeah Singletary yeah, had nine car- Singletary had nine carries for 41 yards, I think, is what it was in that game. Something yeah. like that. In a game where – and, I mean, it, it ultimately didn't really matter. I, it was 14-7 to seven at one point, but only because of that, that return for a touchdown. Yeah. It wasn't like it was a, a hard-fought 14-7 or anything. Yep. It, that, the game was already – on its way to being out of control for the Texans when Damian Pierce had that return for a touchdown. Yeah. So it's um yeah that it just wasn't a factor. No. But they could at least at the very least it, it again what the Texans and the Browns do in a lot of ways is very similar offensively. They're going to run the ball no matter what if if they can use it to set up the play action whether it's successful or not because the Browns have not been successful running the ball um but they just they just keep hammering away at it and it and it sets up the play action and they take advantage of yeah, it yeah they're Coop Shanistani Stefanski's yeah. li- Stefanski literally worked for Kubiak you know or worked with Kubiak up in Minnesota so yeah um st- did you have something uh no I just they had the Texans had 54 yards rushing sorry in that game oh that's okay yeah, you know, Sean, I'm not allowed to look up stats during a segment. Well, what you should know I do? Yeah, I can't. What I do you want me to reach over and slap you? I, what, what you, can, you do? Yes, you can slap the slap the sass out of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other bit of Texans news that that popped up yesterday is that um, this is from the Chronicle, and one of the sons of Janice McNair, Houston Texans owner, has asked a Harris County probate court to declare her incapacitated and appoint her a guardian, according to Harris County probate court records. It's Carrie McNair, who is Cal McNair's brother, son of Janice and the late Bob McNair. And this got submitted on November 27th, an application of guardianship of an adult person and a state. And for for purposes of, you know, just the complete story here, Janice, who's 87, and Cal are both opposing the application. So, I look... You know, family stuff behind the scenes. I don't know what all's going on with this, but in the in the affidavit submitted to the court in response to this in November, um, the Janice and Cal, that portion of the McNair family, said that this would have a serious impact. Quote: Serious impact on the Texans, creating needless and baseless media stir regarding the ownership and direction of the Texans, thereby negatively affecting our employees, business partners, and the team. So. This uh, this is something that appears to be brewing a little bit behind the scenes yeah. right now, Seth, and we'll you know we'll see I, how it plays out. I, I wonder if this is the kind of thing that, man, two years ago, um, it might have been received completely differently. I don't know. My gut my gut response and reaction to this is just purely from a, a, a selfish side of things, yeah. as a Texans fan side of things, is just oh man like they've got a good thing going i really i really don't need i don't need any more 
destabilization of any of this. Yeah. I don't like. I don't. Carrie might be a brilliant business person or what have you. I don't know. And uh, frankly, like I just, I'm cool with the status quo right now because the status quo has got the Texans headed in the right direction. And I know that two years ago, I and many other people would have felt differently. Um, but that was part of the turbulent the turbulence that comes with ownership transition or I guess managerial transition after the death of Bob McNair. And they figured some things out. So purely from a selfish side, I I don't like it. And then just, I I think kind of like from the human side, it's just, um, I mean, it's a, it's a sad, it's a sad state of affairs. If you're like, I I just hope that most people when they're in their nineties, don't have to deal with one of their, one of their offspring suing them right, um, right, or, right. Or, or trying to, you know, or have to watch the infighting or whatever. I have zero clue about what's going on. Who's right. Who's wrong or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's, it's ugly. It doesn't, it doesn't like wealth doesn't protect you from the really ugly side of family life. Someday. Yeah. I mean, the only thing you and I are qualified to come at this from is the Texan fan football perspective yeah, on it. And yeah. I'm with you. I think, I think, I think Cal, Cal and Hannah both, I think, have had a huge, like, kind of 180 in, in terms of uh, popularity and affection from the fan base. And I think that's, I think a lot of it's been done through the hard work of both of them to reconnect with the fan base. And the bottom line is they've made some very, very good hires over the last year that, yeah. that have had well, everybody kind of back on board. That's where, I mean, I, I see all these people in Tennessee talking about, like, well, we're doomed for 10 years now. The organization's lost all credibility. You got to remember in the NFL, as one of our listeners educated us the other day, what is it? An oligarchy, whatever it is. It's when a bunch of businesses think it's like the it's a it's the it's, it's communism <laughs> except when businesses get together and it's all, everybody's in it all for the common. It good. was a word I'd never heard before until I'd you said it on the show. Yeah, but basically, like, look, you fall upwards in the in the NFL when you fail. You end up getting better draft picks. You end up ultimately having more cap space if you if you just have a smidgen of of, of, of handling it the right way. And there's always a reset button. Ultimately, it always comes down to, do you hire the right GM? Do you hire the right head coach? And then do those two, if they do have a good working relationship, uh, stumble upon a good quarterback? And then boom, there you go. Bada bing, bada boom. Everybody's happy. All right, speaking of which, the Tennessee Titans fired Mike Vrabel yesterday. How surprised were you to see the headline, Titans fire Mike Vrabel yesterday? Oh. How surprised um, were you? Well, I'd been, I mean... We'd been led to believe by many various luminaries that Mike Mike Vrabel was in no danger of being fired. That Amy Adams Strunk just loves him, thinks uh, thinks he hung the moon. Uh, I don't know. I just I got enough feels from it that I you know what it, you know what did it for me. It was the fact that like Derrick Henry went out on the field and gave a farewell speech. <laughs> like <laughs> the the fact that. Vrabel said some things that would have hinted perhaps that things weren't all that great. I like honestly, Vrabel's body language in the Texans game. If I'm an owner watching that, uh, or if I'm just a fan watching that, it just it didn't feel like very Mike Vrabel like. Mike Vrabel usually is a guy that I think projects a lot of strength, not positivity per se, but strength. And it just looked like a mess in so many ways. The in the modern NFL, his coaching record over the past one and a half seasons alone, um, despite all of the valid excuses they have, I think would would put him in that candidate. But I, yeah, I, um, he wasn't really on a lot of the hot seat lists or anything. No, but it, like like the owner the owner fired the last GM less than a year after giving him a huge extension. In the middle of a season. And letting him trade one of their best players to the Eagles. And (laughs) and then hired the new GM 
without apparently much input or approval or anything or say from from Mike Vrabel, which like that's that's her right and her prerogative. But usually, man, if I'm a head coach and the owner goes and hires a GM that I don't know and I've got no input into it. Like, you might as well put your house on the market, man. I don't know what percent of the, uh, the time that works out. It, it doesn't seem like it works out all that often. I'm with you. I, I think there's a chance Mike Vrabel wanted to be fired from this job. Because um, yeah. here's the thing. Vrabel gets fired yesterday, and most of the headlines are, Vrabel fired by Titans immediately ascends to top of available coach list. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's and there's an he, opening. He'll, uh, yeah. he'll get a job. Like someone's going to yeah. hire Mike Vrabel, I think. I, and he's He always did more with less there. Dude, he got to an AFC title game with Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback. I think the big fear, I think, is just, okay, how much control does he want? And is he actually good at wielding that control yep. and power? People have pointed out, like, almost everybody he's played for or worked for is kind of a maniacal control freak. Uh, like, and that's not a bad thing in the NFL, but uh, Bill Belichick had pretty much complete say over everything, right? Um, Urban Meyer, he worked for – so he played for Bill Belichick, and then he, and then he coached under Urban Meyer, and then he coached under Bill O'Brien, who was constantly wanting more and more power mm, no matter how much mm, he denies it. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think that's just what he knows. Yeah. I don't even know that – I don't know if he even realizes there's another alternative. That's just what he's seen. I could totally see Mike Vrabel being a guy that kind of got control when John Robinson got fired – and it is very he's very, very charming, and I think that he's got kind of a force of personality that might at some point lead to an owner feeling like kind of like with Jerry Jones and Jimmy Johnson, like, mm-hmm. hey, wait a second, like who's in control here anyway? And I could totally see just Amy Adams strunk, and that's like this isn't not a like a gender based thing or anything like Jerry Jones, I feel fell under that same spell of Jimmy Johnson, but then kind of got freaked out by just how all-powerful Jimmy Johnson had become. I could totally see somebody becoming that way with with Mike Vrabel, because I think he probably, he's got a way to, I I could see him having a way of charmingly bulldozing you, Um, and and like sometimes that just, it wears out over time. Yeah, you do it one too many times. Yep, absolutely. Um, So there's a job opening in the AFC South. We'll see. I think the Titans are going to be a dismal football team next year. Like, I'm I'm pretty good at sniffing out the teams that are going to go from being mediocre to being like potentially like a top three in the draft team. The Titans have all the makings. The Titans have all the makings of being a horrible football team. You weren't impressed with Will Levis in our limited viewings? No, no, uh, no, no. I did. I I, I was not impressed by him. Will they spend yet another second round pick on a quarterback? Possibly. A way of bailing themselves out of this mess. Possibly, or to create more excuses as to why they can keep losing games. Real quickly, as we wrap up headlines, T.J. Watt out for the Steelers. Wild card round game against the Bills, which is now a double digit spread. It opened at Bills seven and a half, and it's up. It's up around ten, ten and a half now. So the Steelers being given zero shot in Buffalo. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Can Mike Tomlin rally the troops one more time? T.J. Watt out for that game. All right, um, let's head into the seven o'clock hour here. One of the greatest of all time, one of the goats, had some really cool things to say about C.J. Stroud. You're not going to want to miss this, and we'll get Joe Flacco's thoughts. On the Houston Texans, so a little version, a little, a little perspective on the Texans from the opposing quarterback. That is next.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.